Yo, before we get into this podcast, I want to ask for a huge favor from you. And that is if you have or you are getting value from this podcast, if you were to leave us a review or subscribe, it would mean the world. And quite frankly, selfishly, it's because I want to, we want to continue sharing these conversations, this medicine with the world. And when you leave a review, when you subscribe, it's a vote. And we would love to have your vote. Nonetheless, thank you so much and enjoy. Lucas, my boy, what's going on, friend? Hey, man, how are you? Oh, you know, just keeping it real galactic and cool shit like your background, doing my best anyways. <laughs> I like to stay in between galaxies, brother. Hey, man, that you should make that your Instagram handle. <laughs> not a bad, I think somebody else has that already. Some oh, yeah? Fucking, fucking weirdo, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm so pumped that you're here today. I feel like this has been a long time in the making. I mean, we've been we've been jumping on conversations for a little while now diving deep but this is the first time we get to sit down and make some real shit happen it's exciting to say the least yeah fire so tell me what is your intention my intention for this um meeting right here mm-hmm. or just in general this meeting okay um my intention is to uh attempt to let go of my insecurities that I have when it comes to speaking about important subjects. Hmm. That means something to me. Hmm. Which is brilliant because to me, I relate to you as being an extremely articulate, verbose speaker. Like every time I've ever listened to you just share your heart about something, I'm always left with, man, this guy is like, you're just, you're just on some, some, some good shit. So the fact that we get to to dive deep into that yeah man that means more than you could possibly imagine to hear you say mm. that so thank you very much oh for sure we we, we gonna start digging some gold up i know for sure so what my, are your intentions my intention my intention is to not have to have it all put together and figured out even from <clears throat> episode one as i was telling you before even to now i've realized that my ability to drop in is deeply correlated with my ability to just let go have fun and not have to have it all be super cute and buttoned up and like have like a really nice bow on top. Like just let all that go and just have some fun. I'm going to piggyback on to that and make that my secondary intention. <laughs> just in case the first one doesn't come through, I got a backup plan. Backup. It's important. Hell yeah. Those some uh, nice earbuds you've had, man. How do you like those? <sighs> I'm not going to lie to you. Not as much. I don't like them in proportion to the amount that I paid for them. Oh. Here's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. These <laughs> these these bitches were like 160. Oh. And don't get me wrong, I'm very, you know, fond of the idea of true wireless and the concept of being able to not have any cords so I can work out. Like that's never an issue. I never have them fall out when I'm working out or anything. But dude, they pick up a pin drop from a mile away. It's the most awful thing you hear every, if you're on the receiving end of the call, if you, if I call you, you will hear everything that is happening in my background. Or I'm not kidding over a hundred yards away. It's, it's pretty rough. So it is what it is. Yeah. So did you make that background by the way? Uh, no, I did not. You did not make that. No, I found it mm. on, the, on the interwebs. Whoa, sorry. I keep, keep glitching out. 
Yeah, it's nice though. I think I used it for one of my uh, animations I made though um, recently as just like a a piece of media that I thought looked nice, you know. Mm. An Instagram handle of Between Galaxies. I need to keep my eyes open for all galactic media that exists. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a really fat google drive full of every single galactic image that's i got ever a lot created. of yeah, i got a lot of weird galactic images and stuff that i find and use it's, but you know at the end of the day like there's so much you can do with the concept of the galaxy in space i mean it's just a black void with lights in it right how much can you really do with that mm. but <laughs> it, would, it would occur to be an, an infinite amount so talk to me friend animations you are doing some really cool shit in the realm of, I don't want to short change it and use the incorrect term, but you're doing a lot of really beautiful, like design media production work. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about this. How did you end up here? How did I end up here? That's, that's a good question. Um, how did I end up here? Probably, well, probably a long time in the making. Um, but I have to say, like, from the beginning, just of when art made itself into my life, just in general, you know? So that's, I mean, that's one answer that it started when I started playing music and started being creative when I was a, just a wee lad. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, playing with my Legos and thought I wanted to be an architect. So uh, when I was really little. Um, so that's probably now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I, my, my, my first intent to be a visual designer, visual artist was, was way back when. Um, but recently I strayed away cause I was wanted to be a musician for a long time, like a classically mm -hmm. trained musician. I, um, you know, I went to school for, uh, classical music on the bassoon, um, like 14 years playing classical bassoon. Um, damn. Yeah. And then I just kind of got burnt out of that. And so, uh, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to do in terms of art, you know, using the knowledge that I have off of all the studying I've done in music, um, I was immediately drawn to the, the other half of uh, live musical entertainment, which is the visuals, the visual aspects, you know, I mean, yeah, you can watch a man play a guitar on a beach, but there's only, you know, so much that you get from that. Um, when it comes to like big shows, 50 to maybe even 60% of the show is the visuals is the lighting mm -hmm. is the, you know, the conceptualized, um, uh, conceptualized, um, production value of these shows. I mean, it's everywhere. You see it and everything. So, um, after going to music, cause we met at a music festival. So that's, yeah, kind of, that's kind of where I, I drew my inspiration after going to so many, so many music festivals. I, you know, I realized that one of the things I appreciated the most at these festivals was the production that was put into this, this nonsense, you know? So that's probably where it all started. And then from there, I don't know, you just play, you just play with stuff, man. Yeah. So this is actually really great. I, I got chills when you said that you, in a way, found your way by attending music festivals. And the thing that was most appealing to you was seeing all of the different displays of this graphic work. 
I think I got chills because when I think about my my own adventures, like going into music festivals, so we met at Okeechobee Music Festival in what, 2017, 2017, 2018? I think it was 17 because we went to 18 together. 19, it was off. Then we went this year. Correct. And then I think 2016 was the first year. Yes. That sounds about right. And I remember going to these events and, you know, we always enjoy the music and, and especially being able to have like our own commune hanging out with all of our favorite people. And I always found that the things that I would spend the most time at was movement related events, whether it was yoga or acro yoga or other things when it wasn't the music. And when I wasn't with friends, I was doing movement, but I, I guess I hadn't really considered that in a way that's like the soul's way of saying, yo, pay attention to the breadcrumbs. Because apparently when you went to these music festivals, you were being called towards, you know, media and, and the, and the images per, and portrayed inside of them. And now you are actively, as I understand it, you're creating really your own like business and art and creation out of it. Right. What was yeah. your first music festival? Um, where did this really get birthed? Uh, Bonnaroo 2013. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, it was the first music festival I went to. Um, I went to shows before, I guess, I don't know. I wouldn't consider, I guess, technically Warp Tour is... Warp Tour. Call that a music festival, but it doesn't hit, it doesn't hit the same way that one of these new age music festival does. You know, it's, it's got a pretty specialized, um, uh, you know, like a group that it caters to, you know, warp tour is that's that the rock and the punk scene and the heavy metal stuff. Um, which is, which is cool. But yeah, so that's, I guess that's where I started. That's where I fell in love with live music. Um, probably. And then after that, yeah, Bonnaroo 2013, I have, I actually have, check it out. this was, now this is a lineup right here. Oh, you can't even see it. Oh, it's it looked like Grateful Dead, weird, oddly. Um, so it was uh, Paul McCartney headlined, uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Oh, wow. Uh, Jack Johnson, Bjork, Pretty Lights, The Lumineers, Macklemore, uh, Animal Macklemore. Collective, uh, ZZ Top, R. Kelly, Wu-Tang Clan, um, Tosh from Tosh.0 oh did a comedy <laughs> bit. I okay. mean, that's... I'll stop there as uh, you know, that's for a first music festival. I'd say that's some goddamn inspiration if I'd had any, you know, <laughs> that was, that was seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't, I've missed only one Bonnaroo since then. It's literally changed my life, changed who I wanted to be as a person. Hmm. And I'll explain why. Hold on, I made a mess on my my desk here. Come on, man. What are you? What What is this? There's sand in that. I don't know why. One, okay. one job. Um, Bonnaroo immediately opened my eyes to, to the to the concept of radiate positivity. That's their catchphrase. That's I don't know if you knew that, but Bonnaroo's no, I never been. Bonnaroo's, Bonnaroo's catch line. There, it's one of the best known um word combinations to the Bonnaroovians of the world is radiate pod- positivity. Anybody who listens to this will know. They'll know what I'm talking about. Boom. So I mean that just I mean you think that it's funny too because my ex-girlfriend when we were 
when I bought my ticket to Bonnaroo, I told her, I was like, Hey, so, you know, I just bought a ticket to Bonnaroo. I'm going to go with my friends. Um, and she got really pissed off. She was like, Oh, so you're just going to go to this fucking hippie music festival and just have orgies in the field and listen to hippie music all day long. And I was like, Whoa, all right. There's some insecurities coming out. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Okay, first of all, buy a ticket and come with me. You never said you're not invited. Um, second of all, that's not what the music festival is all about. And uh, uh, her and I were both uh, highly um, surprised at what we encountered at the music festival because it was a it was an experiment in human connection and uh, human spirituality and um, uh, the creation of a community that you didn't think could ever exist in that type of space, you know, 80,000 people camping next to each other, next to their cars for four days straight. You think it's going to be some big dirty hippie fest. And you know, that kind of is, you know, we're all stinky to a certain extent, (laughs) especially if you ain't taking no showers. Exactly. Exactly. So, but I mean, the surprise that you get from your first time going to a festival like this, where your neighbors are willing to give you the shirts off their backs. And, um, by the end of day four, you've given out over 600 high fives to strangers and passed along this energy and raged with strangers to some of your favorite music artists like Paul McCartney and arm in arm with people you've never met and that you may never ever meet again is that's a testament to like who we are as people and like what these types of events can bring out of people you know like that's just that's a joy it's a joy to be a part of it was a joy to be inspired by and so probably has a lot to do with who i am today um because that's where i use that catch line radiate positivity to secure my position as president of my music fraternity um not that i was very good at that job but i inspired people (laughs) (laughs) if Uh, i if i was getting quarterly reviewed ratings i was definitely getting fired I uh, I rolled a nat twenty on that charisma check. A nat twenty, nice, and then a, <laughs> a, definitely a natural zero on the execution piece. Apparently, <laughs> it's like a three or four. That's okay though. Three or four. Okay, so you didn't wow. quite stab yourself in the foot, but you weren't far off. You shot the arrow up, and it landed like about a foot from your crotch. You're I like, wow, well, that was a close one. Some valuable lessons about myself doing that yeah. process. Though. But yeah, so um, yeah, to answer your question, Bonnaroo, man. Honor is my <laughs> so is a long answer for a simple question, but mm. you should go. We should all go to Bonnaroo. You and me. I'm surprised you haven't been yet. Yeah, I haven't been. Everyone, people point at it, but I think whenever I was paying attention to the to the vibes, and by vibes, I mean like the collective people who were going there. Uh, naturally, I wasn't finding there to being a whole lot of immediate connection. I'm not opposed to. It. I mean, at this point, I've been to Okeechobee three times. I went to Burning Man, and it's they all have their own different flavors. I mean, it's all ice cream, but they all have their different flavors. And I am very much in, <laughs> I, I'm in alignment with you when you say that it, it changes your life because our, the way that we view the world is deeply impacted by our past experiences, our beliefs, our thoughts, our ideas are, are shaped by experiences that we've had in the past. And, right. you know, my first music festival was EDC twenty. 14 and it radically changed my life Mm -hmm. i went from being a 
a extremely secluded person to gently and gradually opening up to even now I'm still opening up more and more the layers get peeled back but I started to realize that there was a lot more to me than I originally had thought that there was and it came from being like you said with a group of seemingly strangers and then you leave and you have people that you're going to be friends with for the rest of your life I mean that's that's our story like we went to Okeechobee 20 17 and you fucking running around like a hooligan with looking like a hippie with your baggy clothes and your your fucking shawl which i ended up getting a shawl because of you actually i don't know if you knew that but i have a shawl now it's because of you yeah. i have one i have one shawl and it's funny the first time you looked at it, you're like this thing's not dirty enough you haven't you haven't been you haven't been to enough festivals this thing's not worn <laughs> enough it was like brand new look you're like nah this isn't it <laughs> give me shit it's too crisp but <laughs> I remember you running up with uh, with a bunch of fucking ties hanging around your neck. And at this point, you had already made friends with most of my friends. I was out being a hooligan, being a monkey, doing monkey things, as one does when they're apparently possibly, you know, one chromosome or something away from being a monkey. Whatever the fuck it is, I don't know. I don't know how all that works. I haven't paid too much attention to the, the genealogy of it all. But you run up, you give me a tie, and you welcome me to the tie tribe. And this was like the formal introduction to uh, the Thai tribe, which actually that's a perfect little segue. What, what is the Thai tribe and how did this shit come about? Um, I don't know. I think that the Thai tribe was an ax. It was a joke at first. And uh, here we are some f- four years later and I've given out probably over six, 700 ties to random human beings. Um, so yeah okay so i'm getting ready for okeechobee music festival with my buddies and you know as you do when you're coming up to a music festival you try and find a bunch of weird shit to take with you you know (laughs) you're trying to you're a corset why not uh, you're scouring your garage and your uh your uh um, closet for all the weirdest clothes you can find and just strange toys to bring and um so I found a box that I, I must have been hoarding for a while of just like ties. I think I had like 60, 70 ties in this box. I don't think you've ever told you this story, have I? I don't think so. No. Okay. So I found like a box of 60, 70 ties. Why did you have a box of 60 to 70 ties, Lucas? Let me tell you. Let me tell um, you. When I was in high school, my first freshman year of high school, um, I was needed to change who I was. I need, I needed to become, I was inspired by a a friend of mine who was one of the most charismatic human beings I'd ever met. His name was Duncan Metz. And he was, um, the most charismatic human being ever met. He was friends with everybody in middle school, just everybody. I was like, why I can need to, why can't, I don't have nearly as many friends as this kid does. I was very concerned with how many friends I was making at that (laughs) age. So as one um, does, yeah, you know, so he, you know, juggled and he was a, he, played, he did the unicycle and he played guitar and so he became my best friend naturally cuz he was the nicest kid ever. So um um I used I don't think it was him who really yeah, no, it was he inspired me to to make a decision for who I wanted to be in high school. So I decided to stop cutting my hair cuz I wanted to have long hair, but it had forced me to cut my hair all the time and I was going to do something strange every single day, freshman year of high school, to stand out. Um, so I wore a tie every single day to school, no matter what I was wearing. 
It's wearing a hoodie. I wore a tie. It's wearing a V-neck t-shirt. I wore a tie. Is I wearing jeans and a tank top? I had a tie on every single day for an entire year. Uh, and this became like a really big deal. Um, I was the tie kid. So uh, a teacher got into a bet with me that I could wear a tie longer than he could. And I won that bet. Um, <laughs> he didn't wear a tie one day to school and I, I, beat, I beat him. I don't know what I won, but I beat him. And uh, he, so people would give me ties as presents. Um, oh man. Yeah. So they were just like, I was the tie guy. I was the tie kid. So people always recognized me as the kid who wore ties to, uh, in high school. Uh, so time went on. I stopped wearing ties. You know, I'd made a name for myself at that point. Um, my charisma had started to skyrocket. Um, and I had all these ties now that were just lying around tons of ties. And so I found them, you know, let's skip forward. I found them in a box and I thought, Oh, you know what? I'll, I don't need to keep these. I'll just take them with me to Okeechobee and I'll hand them out to just everybody and just give them out to people. Fuck it. You know? So we get to the music festival and we're hanging out and I think we had just met Jay and, um, Jay and Zach and I'm hanging out with my buddy Austin and I'm like tying all these ties to get ready to take them and pass them out to everybody. I was like, okay, well we got to like come up with a name. What are we going to, what should we be? We should like make up a thing and tell people about it. And I, I even made an Instagram specifically for that music festival. We'll just tell everybody to hashtag tie tribe. And if they find anybody who I've given a tie to while they're out in the music festival, they should take a picture with each other and like they're part of the family you know you find somebody who's in the Thai tribe and you gotta recognize that and take a picture with them hashtag Thai tribe and we'll post it on the instagram instagram fell through without ever like really became anything but the family has become a huge thing so um yeah it worked out beautifully i gave away like 60 ties that year um everybody loved the idea the concept is beautiful it created one of the most outstanding group of people that i've ever come across in my entire life and you're one of them um you, Jay Michael, Zach, uh, Demi, um, Tyler, the other Tyler, Alexis, all of these human beings. All the, are, the other Tyler's, like five, yeah, six Tyler's now. Yeah, there's like seven Tyler's. Uh, and then the <laughs> next year, uh, you were introduced to my best friend, Nick, who uh, is now is a Thai tribe member, of course. And um, I mean, it's just grown and grown exponentially. What the next year at the Thai tribe reunion for Okeechobee, we had, we went from like five people to 25 in our campsite, something like that. What was it? 10 cars, like just over one year and it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop growing. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. So that's the creation of the Thai tribe. And I don't know if a random human being is listening or watching right now, but you may have gotten a tie at Bonnaroo or Huluween or Okeechobee. And it's, uh, I've, I've had random people, <laughs> wearing ties at music festivals and I've asked them where they got it. And they said, Oh, some guy at Bonnaroo gave me this tie, you know, and they initiated me into this thing called the tie tribe. And I was like, bro, oh I gave God. you that fucking tie. Yeah. It's a cool thing, man. So, yo, that's weird. Right. Very strange. Tying people together one tie at a time. Tying people together one tie at a time. And you know, <laughs> it's 2020 and pre and, you know, just noting that this might be released later. Oh, it's three, three, three. What a perfect time at, March, April, what April, May, we're in May, May 5th today. We are obviously right in the middle of Corona. And the interesting thing about it is that 
we went to Okeechobee right before the world shut down. It seemed like oh, yeah. we were there and we, we rolled up, we rolled up pretty deep this year too. We had like, it had to have been like eight, nine, maybe 10 cars. And half of them were people that you hadn't met before. And then the other half were people that we had previously had. And we absolutely had a fantastic time, but you're, you're right in saying that it's interesting what, started off as like a seemingly simple thing. Like Lucas is going to stand out in high school with ties all the way matriculates down. I don't even think that's the right word, but it, it, it all the way down to us being connected in 2017 in Okeechobee and even now into 2020 Okeechobee and still being able to share that connection and that love and radiating positivity towards the people around us every single step of the way. And that to me was one of the great, 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 great many lessons I got from music festivals in general, Okeechobee even more specifically, and even more so this year than ever before, was how much I valued being with and spending time with the people that I so dearly love and admire because it was being around these people when, as I would refer to, is like the capital S self started to reveal itself. And the ego was not nearly as steeped in its own self, but rather alleviated of the burden of having to walk around with this mask on all the time. And all of a sudden, like I got to show up and be with all my people. And it, it meant such a, it was so important to me and to go from having that space in that community where you're just having fun and dancing and being silly and running around half naked, wearing weird clothes that you pulled out of your closet. You don't even know where the hell they came from or pulling out random obscure boxes of ties that like you pull all together. And you go from that to what we've been in more recently uh, with everything at Corona, it's been like complete, totally opposite but it definitely shows you much like how you not only found your, your passion in, in media, but even also like tribe it's through events. It's through the experiences that we really got to remember pieces of ourselves as we're putting together this, this puzzle that is mm -hmm. Lucas, that is me, Wolf. I refer to myself as Wolf and it's just beautiful. And I, I'm really grateful to have shared that experience with you as we continue to peel back the layers of who we are. Likewise, my friend, likewise. Um, I'll still never understand how we managed to pull together this group of people that I consider family from just merely an act of giving away a, a piece of clothing. You know, it's just, I don't know. There's, there's some, some magic, hidden there in in that whole scenario and i'll never be able to deduce it and i don't know if i'll ever want to deduce it but it's fascinating that i'll i i felt like that especially after the second okeechobee that we hadn't all known each other for years and years and years and years you know like is the strangest sensation ever you know and i remember talking to my girlfriend now jess when i after the first okeechobee after meeting all you guys and telling them, telling people, telling her about you in the Thai tribe. And, um, I could tell that she was just super, uh, unaware of the feelings. Like Jack can only imagine what it seemed like you met these random strangers and you were in love with them. You just gave them ties and they're your best friends now. Like, <laughs> believe, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to understand. How many, how many drugs did you take? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
plenty, but that's not the point. Okay? That's not the point. You've completely <laughs> undermined what I'm trying to create here. <laughs> and then uh, being able to introduce her to you guys and initiate her and seeing her finally like understand, seeing her come to the same conclusion that I came to falling in love with all of you guys and realizing how what the, the good hearts that you all have. It was, uh, you know, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy to say mm. the least. Um, just fascinating, man. But yeah, I have a question for you now. Go ahead. I, I do want to point out real quick and say that I, I really appreciate you pointing out the magic of the unseen because there is something that you can't explain. You can't put your finger on it. And the second that you do, that's when the, the magic is no longer there. It's kind of like right. in Taoism, they talk about the, the way the way that can be spoken is no longer the eternal way. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can, you can take and scrutinize something all the way down to the, to the point where you say, Oh, well, what you experienced is just like a chemical thing you had in your body. Cause you took drugs. But it's like, if it was just that we wouldn't be here right now, having a podcast, having a conversation, I wouldn't know that I know that I want you to be in my life for the rest of my life. And it, it shows you the power of being put in proximity with somebody when there's nothing in the space, but love. And I appreciate you presencing that because that is the magic of the unknown. Very much so. Very much so. Almost unspeakable. But to your question, before I rudely cut you off. No, it's okay. Um, no, I, I enjoy hearing you. Give me your two cents. Always. Um, I, I never have asked you but I, I need to know some background here on your transition to uh, Wolf as your new character. I don't. I still. New, I still avatar. call you. I still care. I still call you Jared when I talk about you. And so, what's where? What is this? Where did this come from? Explain. You know, I actually don't think, and I don't know how many episodes in at this point that we are, but I still don't think I've actually told that story. So. It's, uh, I guess it's timely at the very least. I've been curious. Yeah. So my birth given name is Jared Michael Castillo. And I'm, I'm pander and pondering the, the amount of details that I should go into this, but I guess for the sake of telling a good story, maybe just go there. So uh, I'm not sure. So you, you met me in 2017, which means I was still in college at that time. Oh, Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you actually met me at what I define as being uh, the hardest point of my entire life. 2017 was the year where er thing in my life got turned right the fuck upside down. Just to put into highlights and not to, to go and tell the nitty gritty of it right now. But in that year, I, at the time, was working four jobs and going to school full-time at the University of Central Florida, and I was dating somebody with whom I cared about very deeply, and also at the same time, she had been uh, simultaneously struggling with some really deep mental health-related issues at the time, and conjunctively, uh, you know, I was providing, I was there providing a lot of support for her, I was working a lot, I was schooling a lot, and then right within like a couple of months span, uh, I was with, we were with one of our close, one of our close friends. And like five minutes later, he was with, a, with us. He drove up the road and took his own life. And then like the next two weeks later, we got in uh, a really bad car wreck, got T-boned on the exact same road that that friend had passed. I 
uh, one of my, some familial related things got kind of thrown up in the works. We had some surprises with some uh, law type. I don't really have permission to say all of it, but just things that involved the law. So that started popping the family and both families on sides were going through like, just like divorce, like symptoms. So like we were having a lot of that energy in the space. And then I, in addition to getting in that car wreck, had a really bad accident uh, playing a pickup game of soccer where I like tore the ligaments on my ankle and I like, couldn't walk right for like nine months. So it was just like kind of back to back to back. I was getting my ass and my teeth kicked in, my teeth kicked in my, my ass just beat. And I got to a point where a couple months more passed. I found myself in California. Did you know me when I went and did the flee to California and I lived in California for a few months working at a facility for kids and adults with special needs? Yes, I believe so. Okay. So that was at my lowest. That was when Tyler and I retreated. Uh, mm -hmm. We left Florida because we were both actually simultaneously having a very similar deep depression uh, experience of depression. And right before that, because life was just really kicking my ass, I like quit all my jobs. I, that relationship that I was in ended. I dropped all schooling in person, put it all online and spent most of my days locked in my room by myself, room pitch blacked out playing video games because I just, I didn't understand this as well as I do now, but I was very much in my experience of depression to the point where it was just like quite questioning everything. Like, what's the point type thing? Wasn't working for a while. Went almost a year like that, ran out of money, ended up knowing I needed to get a job. And by the grace of God, so to speak, I went online, looked online at a facilities in, in California for camps. I was like, Oh, I've always wanted to go to California. Maybe changing up my environment will allow me to, you know, get out of this funk that I'm in. So I applied to like 10 places within 24 hours, booked, uh, interviewed with three, got background checked, booked a flight, canceled a flight, enrolled Tyler, my best friend. And within 72 hours, we were on the road driving to California. Went to California. It was great. We were there for like three months, learned a lot, grew a lot, came back home, sunk right back into my slump. Like nothing had really changed whatsoever. I had learned a lot and I grew a lot, but I, I basically started to sink back in to what was my norm before I left. And I continued with school. And then it was, I believe it was June of 2018. I think it was around June of 2018. I was at my graduation. I finished my degree. I did the whole walk across, grab your piece of paper. Woo, yeah, slap on the butt, keep going, whatever. And I remember sitting down in the, in like the seating area and like kind of looking around and seeing my family and they were super pumped and excited and kind of looking around at everyone in the stadium and then looking at the piece of paper and thinking, was this what this was all fucking for? <laughs> like all the work that I had, I had put in uh, was for this piece of paper and it wasn't actually for me. And it was around that time when it came full circle for me that the reason why I did everything that I did in terms of my behavior was because I wanted the acceptance, approval and validation of my friends and family. And that I truly believed that if I didn't get this degree, if I didn't follow through that I was, I would be deemed unworthy of love, that I would not be good enough. There's no way that I could ever, you know, do anything in this lifetime. So, you know, here I am, I've got this piece of paper and I feel like I have more questions than I do answers. I'm very much resentful towards the system and like going back and getting a job for a system. I quite frankly, didn't believe it. give it two rats asses. If I disappeared, I just, you get replaced another cock in the wheel, whatever. A few months later went to a, 
a business development, create a movement event. It was called Stand Out and Thrive. And the entire uh, idea was about how each of us have a mission inside of us, a purpose that we want to fill on this earth. And we want to help you turn that into a business and a movement. So I went to this event following some other deep personal development work. And when I came out the other side of it, I realized that I wanted to create a movement around and helping and empowering youth to create a life of their dreams that they don't have to wait until they're graduating college to have a piece of paper to realize this isn't the shit that I want to do. And that I was just trying to make my parents happy or make society happy or do something because it's the right thing to do. And little time had passed. I was in a coaching, uh, I was in a speaking event with my coach and we were talking about building out a speech that I could go and put on stages. And at the time I was naming the name of the business slash movement was follow the wolf. And she asked me why it was called follow the wolf. And I said, well, I've always had a deep fascination for wolves. And I I love the whole philosophy of the wolf in that, you know, there's in one side, it's a lone wolf and it, and it, or rather it's a, it's a pack animal. It's a part of the pack and it goes and it does things as a collective and they work towards a common goal, but then it's also sometimes a lone wolf and it has to go and do its own journey and its own healing. And, and it's, it's a, it's a symbiotic relationship being able to have both of those work together. And I also really love the, the whole (laughs) philosophy of, um, of Bruce Lee and being like water and the whole concept of flow. And one day I was in the office with my dad and and I was talking to him about the whole wolf thing. And he was, and he was just like, he's like, Oh, that's really cool. I can explain the whole thing. And, and he was just like, that's really cool. And like wolf spelled backwards is flow. And like, I just like, <laughs> my brain just like blew itself. I was like, Oh shit. Like you're right. Like wolf backwards is flow. So I was telling her all this and she ended up, helping me create an acronym for wolf that became the foundation for the business. And then what ended up happening was in the process I decided, and I told her, I was like, I'm changing my name to wolf because it became a declaration for me that from this point forward, that I was going to live a life based off of who I said I was going to be versus a life that I was told that I was supposed to be. And that any time that I wasn't living in alignment with what I believe to be my purpose, or as I call it, my truth, finding truth, that is me being steeped in ego and fear and worry and shame and guilt. Shame and guilt, I've come to realize, are big drivers of behavior, not only for myself, but a lot of people. And wolf is this representation, hence the name of the podcast is Follow the Wolf. And there's a wolf behind me. It's not about following me. It has nothing to do with me. If anything, I'm very unattached and from a cosmic spiritual perspective to this body, because I know that at some point it's going to go, but it's more the idea that if I can be the living embodiment of truth and follow my truth and know that it'll be scary, it'll be terrifying. But me choosing to be, this is choosing love because I believe to be in truth is to love and to love is to be in truth. That's beautiful, man. I had no Long, idea. Long winded answer. There it is. So what's the acronym that you came up with? Yeah. So the acronym, just keeping it really short. So whenever we would focus on any kind of like goal, intention, or vision, you'd always start with asking yourself, okay, well, where do I want to go? So it's like pointing a finger. So you would say, well, no, that's not the W. Before we get to the process, you have to do, where do you want to go first? That's like your goal. Like, oh, I want to, and I want to lose 10 pounds. Like, okay, cool. So you're pointing a finger. Then from there, we would go to W and W stands for why. And 
this, as I tell people, is actually fundamentally the most important piece of the process. And the reason being is because if you point a finger and you say, I'm going to go and get this degree, but your why is steeped in like mine was uh, approval and validation and whatever it is, if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, you are not likely to follow through on that when the going gets tough. And it's been shown anatomically, biologically, that the part of the brain that is correlated with the why is actually responsible for behavior. Meaning, if, you're, if I tell you to walk across, uh, walk across a, a small plank 10 stories high uh, to, another, to the other side of the building and it's on fire, and I told you just to go do it, you look at me and say, fuck off. And I'd say, okay, fine fine. But right now over there is your, your little brother and he can't take care of himself. And that building's on fire. What are you going to do? You're probably going to find a way to get across yeah. because now you have a why. Why is what drives behavior. So fundamentally before you can, you can know where you want to go, but if you don't know why you're going there, the shit does not matter because you end up with a degree that you don't give a fuck about. So now you know your why. Ask, answering the question, why do I want to go there? Why is this important right. to me? Cool. From there, you would go to O, which stands for own it. And own it is about taking responsibility and acknowledging that, based off of a simple quote, if it's to be, it's up to me, that you have to acknowledge that you are willing to do whatever it takes and be responsible for any actions, results, or lack thereof. So if the answer to the question is, you know, are you willing to do whatever it takes is no, then it's okay, we'll go back to step one, homie, because this isn't you're not going to pursue it because the first thing that happens when we pursue anything that's worth anything is we're going to be met with resistance. We're Absolutely. To, we'll be met with all the reasons why not. So you got to own that. Then you go to L which stands for leap and leap much like a leap of faith or a leap into the unknown is about a commitment. And this is in effect where you're combining what you want to do with why you want to do it and the ownership and it comes into this like statement like for example i wolf am willing to do whatever it takes to to see this podcast into existence because i know that when people feel empowered to express their truth that's when true healing begins and i am committed that people are healed happy and love themselves you have your commitment statement you've got your leap and then you go to F, which stands for feed the wolf. And much like a baby, if you did not feed it, it would die. And feeding the wolf, the wolf being really, if we say W stands for Y-O-L-F, the full representation of the wolf is that finger. It's the howl. It's, this is where I want to go. So wolf is literally a metaphor for this is what I want. I'm howling. This is what I say that I want. So you have to feed your wolf. You have to then answer the question, what is one thing I can do in the next 24 hours to begin acting upon this dream goal aspiration? Because naturally, if we don't start putting energy into it, feeding that wolf, and much like many dreams, ideas, and aspirations, it dies. So we have to feed it. Interesting. Yeah, that's no, beautiful. Um, it's funny that you say feed the wolf. Have you ever heard of the allegory of the wolf? Which one is this? The two wolves? Which one yeah, you feed? Yeah, yeah I that's have the first heard thing this one. I thought of. It was the first thing I thought of when you said feed the wolf. Um, so, um, how do you how do you interpret like that allegory of the two wolves into 
into this concept of of the wolf do you is that like an apparent thing that you think of when when you're when you're talking to people about your acronym or your your concept here like do you make sure to make the distinction between the possibility of the two wolves in the in the psychological foundation of our minds or? sure so l- recently i heard this concept about the three selves and the three selves are the lowercase self the uppercase S self and the all caps self. And how I've currently come to understand it is the lowercase self is in essence, all it's all ego. It's, it's all of our fears, our worries, our limitations, any past trauma, anything that has us anchored in the past. Right. Our capital S self in effect is that self alleviated from that and it comes from more um from a more clear realm of possibility so you're more inside of the realm of the now we're much closer to the now versus a capital s self which would be that closer to like that of like god consciousness the universal connection and being divinely connected to that so when talking and interacting with people i actually love for them to get the metaphor of i actually say Jared versus Wolf. I say Jared versus Wolf versus uh, my what I say is my inner bitch. So G- Jared is in essence uh, what I refer to as like my inner child. It's all of the baggage from the past. It's all the things that I thought that I had to be and I was and I was afraid of and everything else. And that's the part that needs to be nurtured. That's the part that needs to be heard. That's the part that needs to be understood. That is in essence, if you imagine like me being the capital S self, Jared is the parachute that's holding me back from striving towards my highest potential. What Maslow would refer to as self-actualization or even uh, a step beyond that would be ego transcendence, which would be the full uh, capital S-E-L-F self. Jared is what connects that. The thing that meets you on the way is resistance. That's what I call my inner bitch. That's the, I don't feel like it. I don't wanna. <laughs> I, I would much rather play video games. That's, all of the things that get in the way of you ultimately striving towards that thing. And then when that voice gets quiet, then it let the self or rather the voice that's left is the higher self. So long answer when an answer to answer your question. Yes. I, I don't always refer to them as wolves because I like people to be able to plug their own names into it, like to really play with it and make it their own and get that. If you can objectively look at your behavior you can begin to separate yourself. And instead of saying, I am this way and I am shitty, it's, oh, there is a piece of myself that has yet to be healed. And now there's an opportunity for grace and for a gentler compassion. That's the word, a compassion, being able to really be with ourselves and not be so hard on oneself. And like, for example, we are all our harshest critic, and I am the first person to believe that I have never done enough, which is something from Jared. Jared doesn't feel like he's ever done enough. But Wolf knows that where he's at is where he's supposed to be. So if I get steeped in too much Jared, that's a, that's a register. Like, oh boy, we need to slow down. Whatever we're doing, we need to stop. So I think it's important that we all have those registers so we can pay attention to our behavior and ultimately all boils down to self-awareness, to know thyself. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. I think something else that we like tend to forget when it comes to self-realization too is to remember that we're highly influenced by our environment 
mm-hmm. in the society we live in, which a lot of people forget, but I think it was designed to be forgotten. You know, it's all like subconsciously being, whether we like, you can talk about it, but it's still going to affect you in little ways. Um, and that's just, it's a, it's a really intense subject, but like just the fact that we can recognize that is a step towards, um, a greater understanding of the self. So that's really important. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting, man. Very cool. What is, so obviously I pointed a couple things, but what is your relationship look like to maybe more of the question is how do you reckon with the pieces of yourself that you're learning to transmute and transform into something greater for you? What does that, what does that process look like for you? Um, I don't know if I quite understand the question. So there are pieces of yourself that you're wanting to perhaps change or make for the better. Okay. Um, What's like your process for going about that? Hmm. I'm not quite sure to be honest. Cause I don't think. Uh, so I guess we can just like use like actual examples just just like, cause there's so many different things that you can, there's so many different ways you can look at that concept, you know, sure. as far as I'm concerned. Um, cause I could easily just be like devil's advocate and, like well you shouldn't have to change anything about yourself because it's all part of your personality and you should just recognize it as a piece of the puzzle blah 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 you know or i can be like well uh, i want to cut it free entirely um so i don't know uh for me personally um all right let's take for example like this is day 20 of counting my calories and uh working out um, four to five times a week. So I'm almost at three weeks entirely. And, um, I don't know, it took literally just feeling like absolute garbage on day, like on week two of this whole, um, um, quarantine nonsense of just like eating like garbage and sitting around doing nothing. Um, well, I wasn't doing nothing, but I was still eating like shit. And I, and I know know I'm not supposed to eat like shit. And you know, you ended up just, you end up staying in bed a lot and hanging out. And that's what I ended up doing for a little while. I admit it. And I'm okay with that personally. I'm not mad about it. It happens, you know, I'm I'm allowed some personal, some self, some self love or self not love in in that that matter. Um, but I really just like, I could physically see myself just deteriorating into, and yeah, like I admit, like I have some self image problems, you know, like I could see a little muffin top growing I could see the little pudge happening. And on top of that, I could feel it and I hated it. I hated every second of it. And I just finally like woke up and told myself like, I fucking know the solution and (laughs) stop being afraid to do it. You know, it's what's it going to take 30 minutes of my day and just a little bit of calculations and three weeks in and I feel like a completely different person. I have even noticed slight visual 
changes, which, yeah, it's a little vain, but I accept that as part of who I am. Um, and if it's going to help me change mentally as well as physically, then I'm okay with that. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, what's my process of, of making these changes? Um, I don't know. Fucking when I want to say no, I say yes instead. Mm. There is no process. It's just, um, you have to realize like you're the one who makes the choice to do these things. Like everybody has those choices to make. You don't, you, you can't wait for inspiration because inspiration isn't something that people that you just discover. I think inspiration is something you make inside of your own mind, something you choose to create. So am I, am I going to create this inspiration for myself? Because some of the greatest artists, some of the best and most incredible creators and artists and CEOs who have created these incredible companies and create incredible art structures and stuff. They, when they woke up on the days that they didn't want to make art and didn't want to do anything, they still made art and did something. Even if they didn't want to do it, and even if it came out like shit, they still made it. They still did that. So that's the kind of mindset. I'm just trying to shift myself into that, in that create, in that process, you know, I'm still, I'm still yeah. halfway there. I'm still a third of the way. Who knows how far I am? Who knows how far <laughs> any of us are, you know, but just a matter of saying yes, you know, even when I don't want to, and it's hard, it's tough, man. And I'm still trying to figure out my process. You know, I don't know. I don't really don't know what it is. Do you, do you know what your process is yet? I feel like you actually said it. And then, and to me it was, it was subtle, but it was simple. And I really appreciate it, which was, you just decided. And yeah. it, it sounds like, well, yeah, duh, but there's something inherently powerful about being able to tell ourselves, I'm just going to do something and do it. Because if you're like me, you want to know the science, you want to know the how you want to know the process. Hence the person who likes processes and strategies. So I got a fucking degree and was going to ask you what's your fucking process. Cause that's how my brain is currently wired. And for you to just be like, yeah, I just, I saw, I looked in the mirror, literally like I looked in the mirror and I didn't like what I saw. Like you heard that metaphor before, but it's like real. It's like, I, I yeah. looked and I saw, and I wasn't happy with it. And I made a choice and you know, I, I knew what there was to do. There's not a whole a whole PhD requirement to know that you need to eat well, sleep well, exercise consistently. And like you said, you show up even when, uh, what's the word? Oh, the book. Oh, wow. So great. I'm looking at the book, but it's also perfect. What we're talking about the war of art, which its entire concept is about how resistance is the counter force to our inspired action and how we all hope for the muse and the muse is in essence, a reference to inspiration. Like, Oh, you just get this like divine inspiration. I figured out life. No, I'm going to do shit, but it's life all man. Yeah. And it, it comes and it goes, it comes in waves and it goes in waves as well. But I think there's something really powerful in what you said about inspiration, I think is something that happens on the journey and it happens inside the journey versus looking at the journey and standing on the sidelines at the basketball players and saying, Oh, that'd be really cool. Or wow, maybe one day I'll have inspiration again on the court. It's like, no, you get inspiration being on the court and, and doing the damn thing. And that's really great. It's really brilliant, my friend. Yeah, I um I, 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 I think I have some, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I go against a lot of people's attitude towards like change and creation in general. Like I know, as you know, I'm like super, um, 
pro creativity and pro mm. art and pro creation. Um, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, because I think personally, and this is where I, uh, I, I butt heads with a lot of people. I think that anybody can literally do anything. And, and I hear, I can't a lot from a lot of people. Like I can't, I can't draw, I can't play an instrument. Well, te- technically, yes, anybody can do anything. Like that's, I a hundred percent believe that. And I'll argue it till the day I die that anybody, yeah, there are people who are born with some, um, natural tendencies towards, you know, certain whatever basketball, art, music, but at the same time, that's like 1% of all of these, these different types of professions is the, the savants and everybody else had to fucking work for it. And so all I, th- I think it's just time and dedication is what people lack nowadays. And, um, yeah, it, nobody likes to hear that, that you're not, you're just not dedicated. Like anybody can cook, anybody can play the bassoon, but I couldn't play the bassoon when I started. It took me 14 years to get kind of good at it. You know, um, I, I couldn't paint when I started, but you just have to be dedicated and like, the society we live in kind of pushes against all of this creativity. Like, to be honest, in my eyes, we are pushed. We are completely, we're constantly being told like you shouldn't do something that you're not good at right away constantly. And then on top of that, like almost all of the media were fed video games and television and phone games and, um, grades in in grade school and middle school and stuff like that's all we're we've been slowly been being um uh influenced to uh want instant gratification truth like that is like entirely like i'll admit it i am completely and utterly influenced by desire the desire for instant gratification and that's why people refuse to have these dedications for learning new processes and learning new things because they feel like like a video game like it should only take you know go walk to point a and point b and talk to the guy with the exclamation mark above his head and get 600 experience (laughs) level up and put a skill point into that and all of a sudden i can do it and like that's not real life. It's fun, but it's not real life. Like it takes time and it takes pain and you need to build up callus on your fingers to play guitar. And that takes a couple of weeks of pain and torture. And you know, you're going to get worse before you get better. And people like hate that, bro. Like hate that. I mean, hmm. the games we play on our phones where you get the three candies in a row and you get a giant explosion and a bunch of points. What do those points do, bro? They do fucking nothing. They just get bigger and bigger, but you get the points like that instant gratification. Like people don't realize, but they're super fucking influenced by that in their, in their, in their decision to be who they want to be. And now we feel like we don't have that. When you don't have that instant gratification, all of a sudden you move on to something else. You don't, you don't want, you don't want to do it anymore because you're not getting instantly gratified. Hmm. And that's like, people hate, to be told that they're in the matrix, man. You know what I mean? (laughs) 
they hate being told that they're being influenced by the shit that they see on TV. Um, but it's true. But it's true, and it sucks. And um, I don't know. I've been I'm, I'm derailing right now. I don't know. No, where I I'm think going. you're perfectly on track. Every I'm picking up everything you're putting down. I don't know where I'm going with this conversation, but that's just like I think I think heavily about that a lot, and I try and like rec- like I said earlier, recognizing the signs, like recognizing that you're being influenced is the first step to not being influenced by these things, you know? Hmm. As you were talking about this, I had images of myself playing video games growing up. And one of the games that I was super addicted to was World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. on, bro. <laughs> and <laughs> but here's the thing though, at least in its earlier phases, World of Warcraft was a perfect, I, an example, I think in a way of, what it looks like to walk through the journey of life because you can want to have a gryph and all that you want and fly around with a fucking bird as a dwarf with you know looking short and stubby as shit and riding this bird which probably you know makes not as much sense when you look at how some of these things were riding these animals you really start to question the physics of the game but not the point the point is that <laughs> you couldn't ride a gryph until you were at least level 40 and if you were unwilling to go through the first 39 levels and and slay the orcs and and fucking learn how to shoot a gun through the profession of actually doing it over and over again like you weren't ever getting to that point and to your point about instant gratification that was a game that you didn't really get that instant gratification but there is something about mm-hmm. how when we are so neurochemically conditioned for that instant gratification because all that is is it's it's dopamine it's it's yeah. the feel good and when you don't get that our body is literally craving it it's like oh so you're telling me i have to wait 40 levels fuck that i'm gonna go play Fortnite and real quick shoot somebody and get right. a kill and then die and i'll restart and i'll come back back in and i'll and i'll do it again there's there's a lot less like you pointed at patience in the craft and I'll be the first to fucking admit that if I wasn't constantly practicing cultivating patience, this podcast will not get released because right now it's not released. We're still recording it. And whatever time it gets released, if I don't have the patience, one day you will either hear this or you won't hear this because I didn't have the patience because I'm having, I love the recording process. I love having these conversations. I love diving deep into the realms and misses of the unknown and traveling <laughs> to far, far lands off into it. I love all that shit, right? But I have, I'm cultivating that patience and that love for the editing process when I have to sit down and actually go through an hour and a half, two hours worth of content and do show notes and make clips and animate those clips and do all the marketing and, and promoting and creating the backend systems for automation through a CRM and what the fuck is a CRM and having to learn all of these intricate pieces that it takes to go from what some people, they may listen to this and like, oh, quite listen to podcasts, but for all the fucking things that you don't see that go into making it happen, it's like, it's a process and it takes not always being inspired. And that's one thing in the past couple of weeks, I've not had the most inspiration around editing. I haven't gotten that much done, but what I've come to learn is compassion is what's going to keep me going through and continuing to learn. And it's, it's a journey, but anything worth anything is worth diving into. And that's why I think it's so important to know why we're doing something in the first place, because inspiration ain't going to always be there. You ain't going to always get that dopamine hit. And the longer that we fool ourselves into believing that we live on some perfect happy cloud nine all the time, the at some point reality comes and beats you across the face with a bat. 
And then you, you wake up, like you said, in the matrix, you realize you've been in the matrix the whole time that you've been plugged into TikTok way too fucking much. And what you thought was five minutes was an hour later and you've been getting those dopamine hits. And now you, now you come to reality and you, you're sad, you're depressed, you're anxious, you're frustrated. You can't focus because you've just been taking it straight to the head and like 10, five hour energy drinks and you're fucking pumped. And now you don't know what to do with yourself. <laughs> I went on a really fat ass rant there, but that's how I feel. It's beautiful. I could have, I could, I could branch off on any, any one of those different points you made. Um, I don't know what to though. <laughs> um, I think, I think video games are an interesting subject though. Um, since we're talking about them. Um, cause I've been playing a lot of video games recently. Um, I played a little call of duty recently. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like you brought up World of Warcraft and um, I think that's interesting because um, I personally think that I was influenced by RPGs um, a lot, like as a child and my, like who I am today has been influenced a lot. And it goes back again to like that gratification, that, that visual gratification is something interesting through um, World of Warcraft specifically like you said it when it first came out it did take patience you're right and that's like there's a there's a positive uh gain from that was the patience that's that's funny i never thought about it like that but now the game now i've never played world of warcraft in a long time but apparently it's just like it's they've too easy. Redi- yeah they've redesigned it and it's just like you get everything immediately but like you said you couldn't get that first mount until level 40 um so yeah the patience but and so what else like can we gain from that? Well, I personally am uh, drawn to games where you get the visual content, like upgrading things. World of Warcraft drew my attention because the better gear you got, the the more stuff you got, the cooler your character looked. You yeah. Know? You know, you wanted to get to a higher level because you wanted your shield to not look like a piece of wood. You wanted it to look look super dope. You wanted it to look super fucking cool. And, um, yeah, that took time to get to that level. So, um, I'm surprised it has taken me a longer time to get into working out because that patience, it, at it carries over, you know, it takes time to, to get the, um, excuse me, to get the pro to do the process, to get the outcome that you want, the visual outcome, the physical prowess, the physical look that, um, you know, vanity desires. Mm. So I'm surprised that I, that it's taken me so long to want to work out every single day. I mean, that's doing my dailies, you know, is now I wake up and my dailies aren't, so I've gained people, we sometimes, maybe that's the trick that some people need to realize that if you're feeling like you don't have motivation, then find something in your life that you think is a negative, like playing video games all day long and turn it, turn the process into a, into a positive, right? Mm. So, so gamify your life. Why don't you just gamify the things that you want to be good at and just gamify it. So now, instead of my dailies getting on my computer and doing my quests, uh, my daily, one of my dailies is making my bed. Boom. You get a check mark on your box. You get 10 experience points. Okay. Making your bed. Maybe, <sighs> you know, doing, oh. what's your thought? I feel like you just had an aha moment. 
Bro, I love this. This is fucking the coolest shit ever. The fact that you refer to as your dailies, if you never played World of Warcraft, dailies were the missions that you would go and you'd get a good decent amount of XP for actually doing that thing. And by the way, I need to correct myself. For anybody who actually does play the game, you're like, you don't get a Gryphon at 60 or a 40. You get it at 60. You get a Ram at 40. I'm sorry. I I forgot. So Uh, I want to say one more thing too. It's I hate to be like this, buddy, but it's pronounced Gryphon. Yeah, well, I say Gryphon. And so here's the thing. I actually, I know it's Gryphon. I know it's Gryphon. And the reason why I've never given that up is because I've said it ever since I was a kid when nobody was there to fact check me like you fucker. So, you know, we didn't, we didn't have anybody walking around with a thesaurus then like checking us while we were playing our video games, hovering over our back, breathing hot ass air down our neck saying, it's actually, it's actually Gryphon. Like, Go fuck yourself. How about that? It's Gryphon. So. Touche, <laughs> my friend. Touche. <laughs> this is not this wasn't planned in the script there was no script but this definitely wasn't planned this is great but um where was i i know i had a point for all of this oh experience points that was so great i was like experience points you got 10 points i was like what if you were to set yourself a goal where like for example you know that you keep eating ice cream but you you keep not eating ice cream if you decide okay I have to get 100 XP points to get ice cream tonight. And 50 of those have to come from exercising. If I don't exercise, I don't get ice cream. And you have to like gamify the reward that you're wanting by putting an obstacle in the way that an obstacle being exercised, you can actually work towards that. I mean, to me, that's better than just saying I'm going to eat ice cream because I'm going to eat ice cream. Like you actually have to like work towards it. You saying that, I was like, I've never thought of that before. That is really brilliant. Yeah, no, there's actually, um, there's actually apps that you can get that do this for you. It's really interesting. I, I used to use one just cause I thought I wanted to see how it worked and it's like, it's fucking awesome, bro. Like it, you literally get a little avatar. It's called, there's, there's a couple different apps you can get. You get an avatar and you, you literally set your own goals and, uh, give it a certain amount of experience for every goal you set. So I, you know, you can set as many as you want and make them a certain amount, a certain difficulty level. And then every day you wake up and one of mine was make my bed. And when I made my bed, I got to go on my app and hit the button and it, I got like a couple gold pieces and some experience points. And and if you get enough gold, there's a little shop where you can buy gear for your guy. And if fucking, I mean, dude, it's right there. Like if you, if you need that visual, um, help, then there's, there's apps that can help you with it. But now I'm trying to do it just pure mental, but yeah, man. So it's really cool how, how there's ways you can use the technology that has supposedly set our humanity back and, and turn it around and use it. So I, I mean, I challenge everybody who's listening to, to try and think of something that, you believe is setting you back subconsciously and flip it around and turn it into a positive, you know, let's, 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 let's radiate the positivity instead of subconsciously hoarding the negativity, you know, dude, that has got to be one of the biggest fat ass nuggets of gold I've ever experienced. And that's great because it, yeah, there you go. Mic drop two on that. (laughs) It's, it's so great. It's not only if you find that, using something outside of yourself is going to help, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Matter of fact, as you were talking and you talked about vanity and and the vainness of some of the goals, 
I, I catch myself and I've just come to accept it that I'll look in the mirror and be like, Hey, shouty. Like I'll just give appreciation for what I've cultivated through my, through my practice. And you know, for a little while it's like, Oh, you shouldn't be that way. But I'm just like, you know what? Like there's levels to this shit in terms of, you know, ego transcendence. And if one of them is having appreciation for the physical results of the, the labor that was put in, you know what? Fine. And then at some point, maybe you don't need that validation or maybe you don't need the app and maybe it starts with having that app or maybe it starts with having that physical validation. Maybe it starts off with something small that eventually you can wean off of and it just becomes this intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation, something inside of us versus something outside of us. And where we're at in the journey is perfect because it'd be easy for someone to look you know, if they're earlier on in their journey than I am to look at my journey or your journey and say, Oh my God, looking up at a mountain, I can't do that. But like, I have those things where I'm looking at other people, so to speak, metaphorically speaking up at their mountain saying, Oh my God, how can I, but when we can remove that and just be like, Oh, they are pointing at something or this person is pointing at something, or I'm pointing at something that if I take it internalize and put into my life, who knows, maybe gamifying and adding a little game or an app can really help to, to be that shift to, start making subtle little changes one single step at a time. And I, I appreciate you dropping that. I think I'm going to, I'm going to try that with something that I've, that I've been avoiding is finding a way to like gamifying editing podcasts. Like if I can find a way at least because intrinsically the motivation hasn't fully happened, I'm working on it and I've started to reframe and it helps, but maybe adding a little something at first to, to find and the joy in that process. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm always down to learn something new if it works. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I'm, I'm glad to, I'm, I want to see that. I want to, I want to hear about that. I want you to, I want you to try something and, uh, and come back and tell me how it worked. You know, let's, let's build a rapport here in terms of gamifying. It sounds interesting. <laughs> hell yeah. Damn. To think it all started with the tie, my friend. <laughs> it all, it, it all started with a single tie. So you were asking about some visuals earlier about my visuals and I can show you Ooh. one that I made. So if you're not watching the video version, don't change it yet. The okay. video version of this episode, you're missing out. So that's my way of co coercing you into going and checking out It'll probably be on YouTube or some shit. I don't know. It's going to be somewhere and you get to see this. He made this and this is really sick. One of the first visuals I made. This is so cool. It's really Pretty messing simple. up my brain right now. Honestly, I can't even try to put it into words for you. You should have to go and watch it. You're going to have to check it out and do, do all the things. Let me, so. see if I can find, let me see if I can find another one. Ooh. There we go. This is a fractal onion. It's very satisfying. Yeah. So what does it take to produce something to this magnitude? Um, it's really not that hard, honestly. How did I make this one? Um, so how do I explain it? Like I'm explaining it to a five-year-old. Not that I'm, you're a five-year-old, but that's the easiest way for- I am a five-year-old, so bring it. <laughs> um, so you pretty much load up a, a, a video or a picture into the software and the software has a bunch of um, 
has a bunch of features that you can use to edit the image, but it also has something called keyframing. For anybody who doesn't know what keyframing means, it means you're giving the image or video a parameter to follow over a period of time. So like I could keyframe a static image of a piece of cheese, like right here, like my hand and keyframe it to move to here over the course of six seconds. So it would move from here to here over a period of six seconds. So you keyframe it here and then you move forward in the timeline six seconds and you move it here and set another keyframe. Hmm. And that's like the frame of the, the video that you're, you're keying it to. So then over six seconds, it moves. So using that, you can keyframe any set of parameters within this software at all, anything you can keyframe. So like for this visual, particularly, um, there's like a, a plugin that you use that sets a fractal image and it's got a bunch of parameters and then you set your parameters and at second zero you hit a keyframe and you move forward to the 12th frame in the video second 12 and then you move forward um the rotational speed to like 600 or whatever and the parameters i'm still burning myself and you set another keyframe and then over 12 seconds the rotation of the image might change or the mirror that you've created like this has probably been mirrored four or five times and and then you just like rotate it over a course of 12 seconds and it i don't know it like the mirror it's really intense man it's hard to understand personally but um, i get it i get that it's hard to understand yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not too hard. Uh, it's just a lot of numbers and a lot of, Oh shit. Hold on. I just tried to load a video and it was too crazy. It wouldn't let me. There we go. There's one. That looks like star. Oh, that's all a bunch of stuff. That looks like some straight hippie shit. Yeah. So you, keyframe the colors too. I can, I can make the colors fade from green to pink over the course of 12 seconds and it'll fade through all the different shades that it takes to, you know, for the, the, for green to change to pink in terms of numbers, you know, it's just, and then, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. I'd have to show you personally, it's hard to just describe and not be able to show you the software itself. Um, It's all good. We'll make that happen. Oh, that one's sick. Okay, cool. Anyways, yeah, so I thought I'd show you a few of those bad boys. Hell yeah. Um, some random shit I've been working on. <laughs> Practice, really. Um, yeah, visuals are weird, man. Yeah, and what's the what's the grand vision with all this? So take me there. Where is the finger pointing? What is the dream? I have a dream. Martin has a dream. Kendrick <laughs> has a dream. <laughs> there's, there's the intro song. All my life I want money and power. Anyway. I approve. I approve of this. Do you know that um, song? It's a good one. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, where is the dream? Where's the vision? Um, what is the goal? Um, I don't know. I want to create, man. I think creation is one of the most important things for the development of the mind and the development of society. So creativity and creation and art all go hand in hand. So, um, yeah, that's, I want to 
create a company where I get to be the creator and inspire people to create as well. Um, uh, ideally, you know, be able to create my own events that foster creativity to anybody who shows up. So obviously this is inspired by music festivals, you know, so I'm, that's the space. That's a space where you can go and you let your creativity run wild. And I want to provide that as well, you know, be another source of, of, of safe creation, a safe environment to create. And you did that at burning man, right? You went and you got to create with your body mm -hmm. or you create with movement, right? That's creativity. That's art. That's a, that's an art form. You're using that to help give your mind a, a place of solace. And, um, I use lights and, uh, visual art, moving visual art to give my mind a place of solace. I feel comfortable when I get to sit behind a computer and, and, make things appear on a screen for hundreds of people to just enjoy while listening to music. Um, why do I enjoy it? Because they enjoy it. I get to see enjoyment out of these people. And, um, I was, I was, um, actually reading about something today and hold on. It's called, let me look it up real fast. It's actually really interesting. Please hold while the next self subscriber you were trying to reach is located. <laughs> Insert <laughs> elevator music. So, and we have resumed. <laughs> oh, dude. One okay, hour yeah. later. There's a term called embodied cognition. Have you ever heard of that? Embodied cognition. I mean, yes. I can. I haven't heard of it, but I can deduce from those two words what it might be pointing at. But enlighten me. So there's a whole science in cognition and the concept of cognition. And that's like how our brain interprets data. You know what I mean? So I was reading about how art affects our brain because some people think I'm sure there's plenty of people who think art just as you like pointless, you know, like what's the point? What's the point of art? Um, well, uh, there are studies that show that just merely looking at a piece of uh, awe-inspiring art gives you the same exact feeling that the artist felt while he was creating it. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. So embodied cognition is when our actions and our behavior is not merely inspired by the information that we know, but inspired by our environment and inspired by the things that are happening around us. So for example, um, when you put a pencil in between your teeth and it makes you smile, right? Um, theoretically you, while you're smiling, you interpret positive phrases faster and ease more easily than you do negative phrases. So just the act of smiling, that's a, that's an environmental, that's a, like a, that's a, a bodily function it has nothing to do with like anything I know about happiness or anything I, 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 uh, know like my mind knows about smiling it's mm -hmm. my body just my body creates chemical reactions that that make me 
interpret information differently. I think that's just one of the most infer- interesting things that I've ever read in the past like couple of years. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm still, I just think it's, I think it's crazy. Like our environment inspires how we feel or what we know about ourselves. Right. So looking at a piece of awe inspiring art is something that we all need to do from time to time. We need to go and look at awe inspiring art because it's going to, it's going to do something to us. It's going to do something to your brain. It's going to make you feel things that maybe you weren't ever going to feel. So um, yeah, I think it's fucking crazy, man. (laughs) Mm. I would have to imagine that if an expression of art is an expression of consciousness, meaning you create that image, the, those visual media slides, uh, transition sequences, maybe sequence is a better word, that in a way you're dipping into the pool of the, the infinite consciousness that be in, and you're expressing it. You are putting it into existence and to observe it in a way it's almost like the divine looking at itself and it's like this recognition and it really points at what I think Carl Jung was pointing at when he said that the collective unconscious as if there's like this entire massive pool just imagining this massive vat of water and each and every one of us is like blindly going and we're bringing our little drippers or little droppers and we're sucking up some of the water from this infinite pool of the collective unconscious and we're dripping it on pieces of art or we're dripping it in the form of movement or we're dripping it in the form of business or we're dripping it in the form of cooking and each and every one of them are different expressions of this collective unconscious it's it's like this whole thing that i've been playing with lately that i'm not learning anything i'm simply remembering because all of this is inside of the collective unconsciousness pool that's already there so when you drip it onto visual sequence and i look at it in a way it's almost like i remember it's like whoa i feel that i feel what lucas was putting into this i i I, maybe it's not the exact same because there's something to be said about being you know firsthand experience of it but in a way there's this weird energetic empathy that's occurring and or I'm just blowing smoke out my ass, but I really, I could see how it does create a connection without even ever having had to have created the piece of art yourself. Right. And isn't that like, isn't that the point though? Like even like what you just said, like some people like to think that when they view someone else's art, that they're able to to deduce the feelings that the artists were having when they created that. But I mean, at the end of the day, like that's all just, that's all just um, an interpretation. That's all hearsay. Maybe I, maybe I made all of that with literally nothing in mind at all. Maybe it was just um, a little bit of insanity and I blacked out and made all this crazy art. And you, the, the, the fact that people can make up their own interpretations of what they think that I feel, I mean, that's art in itself. I don't even care mm. what the art, I don't even care what the art is at that point. I made you, I made you think of something new and you, you created that, that, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You created that, that, that show in your head, you know? Like you imagined what I was thinking when I made the art and that is creation. You just created without even realizing it. So art 
is inspiring the layman to create without them even knowing it. So that's kind of crazy. Isn't that, is that interesting? <laughs> I love this. And I love art, art is a fractal upon itself. Creation is fractalizing itself. Um, isn't, sorry, isn't everything in its own right? all off sparks of creation, even in the, the process of destruction, you know, of fire to wood and eventually it turns to ash and the ash gets transmuted into the next form of energy, which gets trans it's, it's always transmuting. It's like the whole saying that energy can neither be created nor destroyed. It merely changes form. So thinking back even to the beginning of this conversation when we started going down the path of, well, how did you, you know, how did you get to this point? Which is such as like full circle, right? How did you get this point? We're going through your journey and going everything from being an artist to going to your first music festival, Bonnaroo to discovering your love for this media and finding your people through this process. And, and, and my experiences of going to these festivals and really in a way like becoming more clear about myself and the video game that is life and we're going through and we're, we're finding ways to hone our, our passions, our professions and being able to cultivate this presence that leaves you with this at the end of the day, like we're all creators and we're all creating something. And sometimes we don't necessarily identify with it. We don't identify ourselves, ourselves that way for myself. You know, I, I don't know if I would have ever have said that I am a creator simply because I'm putting together this podcast. I just would have been like, Oh, I would just have a podcast. I'm just a guy who's a podcast who's just sharing a message. But from your own definition, it, it is its own form of creation. It's, it is its own. It's, it's uh, this like ember that comes off the flame, this eternal flame that is creativity and creation. And I'm grateful that we have gotten to share this time to, to be creative, have fun, to string together some seemingly disconnected and coherent ideas into this enigmatic puzzle that is this podcast. What is the name of this podcast? Follow the Wolf. Follow the Wolf. Okay, that's what I thought. I'm just... Are we done? Is, are we? Are you closing us out right now? Is that what I'm, you're doing? We're we're gently rocking the baby to sleep. Is we're we're kind of uh, we're tapering off. So, yeah, actually, I do want to ask you: Is uh, inside of the conversation of creativity, what is one thing that if someone's listening to this, that they can take away as a, as a way to actionably move into their life. And perhaps it's finding more of that excitement or passion for, a cre for creativity or being willing to commit to the, pro I mean, really what, in a way we talked about is like this, this commitment to the creativity and the process and being able to really lose ourselves in that. How can we begin to step into that, into that almost like mindset that I am a creator and what can I create going forward? Um, hmm, well, that's a good question, man, because some people think that art and creation is something that you have to see physically and can be put into an art museum, but that's not true entirely because we just proved that 
initially just now, right? With you saying that you didn't think you were a creator, but you created a conversation for the last hour and a half between you and I, um, which is, I mean, that's just art. That's a beautiful art project right there as far as I'm concerned. And people are going to listen to it and consider it beautiful or consider it stupid or (laughs) consider it, you know, like, uh, unrecognizable and not want to listen to it and maybe downvote it, but because <laughs> they created that created a conversation. Now That's somebody funny. is going to have a conversation about how they think podcasts are dumb. Maybe after this podcast, I think that would be silly of them, but they might. <laughs> but that that itself is still creation. You still you you still we still inspired. Uh, an active, um, thought, you know, an active thought. Um, so then my, my question to people, I guess, would be to how, how can you find creation and creativity in your everyday life that you might not think is creative or what can you, can you look in your basic everyday life that you may think is not creative in the slightest? And I challenge you to, to look from a different perspective, put your, put your feet in a a ghost shoes on the fly on the wall and find, find and find a creative aspect of the things that you do every day. Mm. What are they? What are these creative things that, that you all, that we all do every day that may, may be overlooked as creativity because I'll tell you what, everything is creativity. No finer words have ever been said. And I think that this points perfectly at the importance of moving more from consuming into creation. And it's easy to go on Instagram and watch a hundred movies, or you could take the time to make your own Instagram video, your own blog or your own piece of art or anything. And that that's perfect exactly as it is. And I appreciate you sharing that friend. So if people want to get in touch with the uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the dude that's hanging out between galaxies, shooting in between stars, being a cosmic wizard and making super dick, super dick. That's not what I was going for. Super sick. And I guess what? That's, that's that too. <laughs> da, 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 super dick. That's not getting edited out. <laughs> super dick. Actually, I, I, while we're acknowledging it, I am just going to do it. I've never done this on a podcast, but I am going to do it. Don't show us your dick. Wolf. No, Don't. I'm not gonna do it. Well, oh. you're, I can't make this up. So again, another reason why you're gonna have to go and watch the video version of this podcast. There's a story behind this, but uh, I took wood shop, and one day I got really bored, so I made, I made a super penis. He <laughs> <laughs> has a cape, and this was I made this shit in high school, and it's been sitting on my desk ever since then. And I've always wondered if it was ever going to have any use other than comical relief when when I you know look at my desk every once in a blue moon. But there's super penis. So speaking of super, there it is. There it is. There's a yep. <laughs> another. Re- you have to watch the the video version of this now because you have to know what super. Oh, penis that's is. beautiful. Like, don't show us your dick now. No, I meant to say super sick, super sick creation. My people create some stuff. Maybe it's a super dick. I, I made that was literally a wood, a, a wooden dick, a piece of wood made out of wood. So that's a that's a joke in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you my wood, please. Don't please, whatever. You, no, no. Look seriously, I have wood. What a great closing 
statement. <laughs> what a great closing statement. This is beautiful. I couldn't have, I couldn't ask for anything better on, on my episode. What she of, said? Of, uh, feed the wolf. Feed, <laughs> feed the wolf. That's not the name of it. That that's the last step of the process. But follow the wolf. Follow the wolf. Okay. Well, well we'll feed the wolf too. Just not wood. He's gonna eat something different. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> oh, my friend, how can people get in touch with you? Um, well, my address is five, four. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> 911 has for Lucas. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I'd say Instagram is probably the best way. I don't, I'm not on Facebook very often. Um, don't really care for that form of media. Um, but yeah, go to at between galaxies very simple that's my um that's my business instagram um my personal instagram all of the above so yeah feel free to contact me if you have if you just want to chat about art or if you want to um i don't know create something with me i'm always doing events here in uh, southwest florida um for the time being um putting together shows with my friends, um, a lot of electronic shows recently, uh, hopefully some more to come in the future. I'm always creating new visual art concepts for the people to see. Um, I don't know. Let's start a conversation visually with our eyeballs. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I like to have bar side conversations in between galaxies, man. That's where it all came from. And here we are with another edition of... In between galaxies, bar 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 side bar side conversations in between galaxies with my main man Lucas Denzel. That's going to be my podcast. Whenever I make a podcast, it's going to be called Bar Side Conversations. Semicolon between galaxies. Yeah, sick. And obviously, that'll all be in the show notes. Well, <clears throat> my friend, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Domo. Arigato, Mister. <laughs> <laughs> No, thank you, man. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, you can call me whenever you want, buddy. So thanks a lot. Oh, for real? I can call you whenever I want. Whenever, bud. Here, hold on. Are are we still rolling? Is this gonna be in the show or did we did we cut? It's, no, I haven't cut yet. I haven't I haven't done my formal my formal ending yet. Okay. Should should, should I do that now? Is that, is that what we do now? Let you say hi to Jess. Hold okay. On. Let me do my formal cut off okay i love you bro thank you for having me i love you too brother thank you so much thank you to everyone who's listened if you made it this far through all of our shenanigans as always thank you thank you thank you and continue as always to find follow and live your truth How? peace thank you so much for listening in if you got value out of this message we would love it if you subscribed and shared it with your tribe so we can continue to share this message and this medicine with people all over the world. Much love and peace be with you.